Hey guys, how's it going out there? Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. You are about to listen to Storytime episode number six, the daily live Facebook, Instagram hangout that I do every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time where I read through one of the chapters from YFYI. And on this episode, I'm going to be going into one of my favorites, the chapter on mentors and coaches. I'm going to share some of my mentors, some of my coaches. I'm going to break down what the board of advisors looks like and hopefully convince everybody listening that you need to get your board of advisors in place ASAP. It's so huge and it's an important part of of my journey, my success, and a lot of other people. So you guys, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. And so let me know. I'll check back in with you after the show. So enjoy YFY podcast story time, episode number six. All right, here we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? Hopefully you're doing good. Hopefully you're excited. And hopefully you're ready for another story time with Sunny D. <clears throat> hopefully you guys are, are feeling feeling good. It's it's Friday morning. It's Friday morning. And I couldn't think of no better way to start than with some story time. So story time, this is gonna be, this officially will be our sixth morning together doing story time and being able to talk to you guys and come to you and come into your, come into your morning routine is, uh, is exciting for me. I'm having fun doing this. I got a lot of, lot of feedback. Uh, what's up to everybody who's hopping on? So I got Kelly, what's going on? Kelly, how you doing? My brother, um, Trey, everybody who's popping in. As you guys kind of come in, welcome, good morning. I um, hope you got your, your coffee or your tea or whatever you whatever you like to have in the morning. Um, so this is the, the sixth episode. So we've been getting together every morning, starting our day with a little story time where I get to come to you and we kind of go through one of the chapters from one of these two books, either the YFY, your first year in the beauty industry or your first year in salon ownership, where I kind of share with you just some of my insights and, and my hot takes and especially takes of the moment. Um, because right now we find ourselves in a very kind of unique situation here. Um, we've all been you know, staying at home and we've been uh, trying to figure out what's next and what's gonna happen. And it's been huge for, for me to kind of Almost, it's like put the brakes on. I feel like I'm working harder now than I was working before the uh, coronavirus pandemic started, and working in a different sense. You know, not in a sense of behind the chair or traveling around from salon to salon to salon, and getting on a plane, getting off a plane. You know, missing the family, um, meeting people on the team, seeing them once and then not seeing them a month. You know, in another month. Um, now I'm seeing them every day. Um, we've been doing with our team, we have uh, what we call Live at Five, where we all get together either on Zoom or on Facebook. Um, last night we did a little dress up in a character, um, but we just talk about you know plans and we talk about, we hash out ideas and things that we're doing is keep our guests, um, keep loving on our guests during this period. And that's a big thing. 
and I call that comms. You gotta have constant comms. When I was in the military, that was a big thing. Like communication, your radio man was everything. If you lost your communication, <clears throat> you weren't able to talk to, you know, talk to your commander back in the rear. You weren't able to talk to your team out in the field. I mean, that was the end of it. You had no communication and you know, you're flying blind. Now there's contingencies when this happens, that happens. But who has a contingency for when the coronavirus happens? I don't think any of us really were prepared for what we got thrusted into. You know, all of my businesses, all of my salons have been closed for, you know, right around a month now. And my team, you know, we're at home, we're, you know, constantly just, you know, you're in that space and you're going out for, yeah, if you have to, right? You go out for a walk, a you know, bike ride, a run. You have to go to the, the grocery store and get some stuff. But I mean, it's, it's a different kind of environment. And so we've all been put in this position to where we have a couple of options, right? We can, we can try to ignore it or we can look at it, examine it, study it, and take away from it. And that's kind of the approach that I've taken. And in speaking with a lot of our schools and salon owners and in my own team, you know, I'm bringing that message to you. And right now, I mean, thinking about different projects like story time I've been wanting to do for a couple of years where I get up and, you know, get to kind of spend the morning, you know, an hour or so and go through, you know, information from the book and share ideas. And, and anybody who's written a book, I know um, I saw Kelly pop up on here. He's written a book. As soon as that pen finishes, like there's other ideas that flow into you. And so this is a way for me to kind of come back into YFY and almost do some like real time, you know, like, okay, the environment changed. So I was talking about it like this a couple years ago when I first wrote this book. And now I'm seeing it like this as of 2020 you know, April in this coronavirus, um, in this new economy that's being created, which I call the corona economy, is being created. And what I mean by that, you know, as I've been sharing over the last several mornings with you guys, is the new business, your business, I don't care what it is and what it was and what you thought it was, your new business coming out of this, it's gonna be different. You're gonna be different. You know, now physically, right, you might be a little different because you're not getting maybe the exercise or working behind the chair, you're not running around the salon every single day, but I'm talking about mindset, I'm talking about mentally going into this. And so as I look at <clears throat> the other side, which the other side is there, right, you know, it's coming. I mean, we're gonna be back to work, but it's gonna be a different kind of work. You know, I'm learning how to flex different muscles every single day. You know, being able to um, discover like what parts of my industry can be moved forward or shifted in a work from home situation. You know, and I didn't plan on it. You know, I was always trying to create and build a business that could operate independently without me or not, but I wasn't trying to build a business that could operate, you know, from a distance more than six feet because and I mean, the average stylist's arms are only maybe two feet, you know, two to three feet long. If you're like me, I got maybe a three and a half to four feet because I'm pretty tall. But <laughs> the average stylist is not going to be able to do the technical work of hairdressing at a six foot distance away from the guest. And so having to get creative, having to think about you know, different ideas, different businesses, um, whether it be online, uh, distant learning and education and, you know, classrooms and whether it be, you know, if you have other products 
that you offer, whether it be like we you know, built our online store and we've really been working that um, and educating with that and we have a podcast now that's with that and we have a, a YouTube that's going. So there's those different prongs, multi-levels of um, ways to connect and educate our guests and being able to generate revenue, right? If you had to stay home for two months and the only thing you could do, you were like what I talked about the other day, that one trick pony, where if you weren't hands on hair, you don't have any revenue coming in, you're what's called leveraged. Um, you're what's called vulnerable. And all it takes is a little shake of the globe. You know, I've been talking about this with a lot of the schools. You know, you have a snow globe, and what's basically happened is the world's been shooken up like a snow globe, and things are going everywhere. And there's a there's a little hysteria, you know, and we're all just kind of waiting and hoping and tuning in and trying to figure out like when are we going to be able to get back to what we do. And that best case scenario, maybe in a couple of weeks, you know, going into the beginning of May, we'll be able to get back. But worst case scenario, it could be longer. You know, a lot of schools are like, you know what? We're mailing it in, it's over. Um, our school years are gonna be wrapped up for the year. Um, that wouldn't be the case for every business, but some businesses are gonna take longer than others before they can open. Um, our business, especially in, in the salon world, being such a high touch environment, it's one of those that's on the bubble. It's one of those companies and those businesses and those industries that <clears throat> are on the bubble. I mean, people, you know, have to eat. You know, you can only go so long without food, but you know, how long could you go without a haircut? How long could you go without a color if you had no choice or if you didn't take it into your own hands? You know, and then for the hairstylist, how long could you go uh, without cutting hair or coloring hair um, before you had to either pick up a new skill, a new trade, a new something in order to survive and generate you know revenue for yourself so those are things that are are real topics those are things which i call reality um, but then you know you got to have hope you got to have hope that things will turn around and they do you know and i shared this with a group yesterday if you look back from from the early 1900s i tracked you know five different scenarios through the 1907 panic, they called it the panic of 1907, um, where there was a 50% drop in the in the uh, the markets, right? The financial markets, which kind of give stability and security to the world. That happened. Fast forward 1929, I talked about. Um, we, they call it Black Tuesday, and Black Tuesday is when you know the stock market crashes in 22 days it drops 30 percent you know that happened um, we just had that happen it actually dropped around the same in in less time recently so that is a little bit of a panic and we can and we can see this stuff a lot of times it took the information a while to trickle out you know before your neighbor tells you and then you get nervous but now you could turn on any channel any YouTube any Instagram you can get instant update on what's going on with the world so your freak out your panic session can start immediately um, so thank God for technology right um, so that happened so then you fast forward in 1987 there was what was called Black Monday and Black Monday there was a huge drop 22% and the reason the markets are so I guess you could say uh, critical or indicators that how the world's doing because when you see where money's moving and where it's not moving, that's a sign of you know people feel stable, people feel confidence, and they call it confidence because it's yeah like I believe in this economy, and I'm not going to pull all my money out and just sit on it. 
So that's why the markets always are a hot topic in the economy because it's where's the, the where the money flows, the energy and the attention goes. So that's why they we you know everybody talks about it and it's an important thing to learn about. Now you may not be you know invested in the stock market now you may be um, I shared a couple of easy tools you could use to get in the game even if it's with five or ten bucks if you've got the square um, the cash app right you can invest in fractional shares which means you know maybe a, a share of of uh, Bank of America's uh, you know 60 bucks or whatever it is right now but you only have five bucks you could buy five dollars worth of you know a bank of america stock or amazon right you're looking at it's like thirteen hundred dollars a share you're like well i can't afford it. a share not even one share but if you have five bucks you could buy a dollar as little as a dollar so that's a great way for you to a get some skin in the game so you can learn a little bit about investing and B, give you a reason to focus on it. You know, my friends that are really in the football, like I have my team, the Giants, I watch the Giants games when I can. I try not to miss a game during the season. It's my one little, you know, thing. But I don't play fantasy football. I don't really play too much or pay too much attention to the rest of the league. But one of the things that could get you invested in it is if you do like a fantasy football because it gives you a reason to pay attention even if like they have DraftKings where you can just do like that one day you can get in fantasy football and create a team and you put a couple dollars in and it gives you a reason to pay attention so if you get like five dollars in the market it'll give you a reason to tune in and pay attention and so you can see and the cool thing about it is you watch these patterns develop just like in every business, just like in every person, there's a pattern, there's, a, there's an up, there's a down, there's what they call trends. And so you can start to see these things. And when you go from 1929 and you jump into 1987, boom, another big drop. They called it Black Monday. And then fast forward, the year 2000, there was the dot-com bubble burst. So what happened? Everybody who could think of a word, they could put it in front of a dot-com and you could get a million bucks to start a company. But most of those companies were paper tigers. Most of those companies were, they weren't worth anything to begin with. And so all this money gets pumped into them and it creates this bubble and they call it the dot-com bubble. And when it pops, all these people lose all their money. All these companies go out of business, except for maybe a few. And the few that, are, that made it through that, you know, one I'll tell you is Amazon. Amazon is an internet company that made it through barely. Around 2001, 2002, they almost went out of business. You know, so when you, when you think about it, you've got cycles. Every 10 years or so, there's a, there's a, little, there's a little shift in the world. And right after the dot-com bubble, 2000, 2001, boom. Fast forward, 2008, what happens? There's the housing bubble, right? Everybody who could re who'd say the word real estate all of a sudden became a real estate investor, right? Everyone's gonna sell you something or they're selling it. But it was, it was all propped up. It was a lot of you know, nefarious acts going on, people doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. Uh, very, very smart you know, people with numbers you know, finagling it to make things look like they weren't. And attracted a ton of money, but it ended up being you know, a house of cards and it crashed. Right? And that's right when I was getting my business idea going and getting started um, in 2008, 2009. And then what happened? There was another panic, right? Markets crashed. Um, everybody's like, the financial future of the world is up in the air, but we bounce back. That's just what we do. You know, we're, I mean, think about people that live, like I live in Florida. 
you've got you know Key West, you've got also a lot of hurricanes that come through and continually come through for years and years and years. And I've lived here now going on 15 years, but for years and years and years, wiping people out. People that live in Florida, the hurricanes come through. Louisiana, the hurricanes come through. What do we do? We rebuild. That's just what we do, you know, and it's like, why does the person, you know, keep on rebuilding in the same place? You know, if that's their home and that's what, you know, they live there, you know, they're like, well, yeah, this is a disaster, but this too shall pass. I'm going to rebuild and I'm not going anywhere. And so that's kind of the attitude of, of humanity in a sense. Um, and there's, you know, not that there won't be carnage. Every one of those things I just listed from 1907 to 29 to 87 to 2008, um, there's always carnage. There's always going to be casualties. That's like war, right? It's an economic war. You know, we're we're in a pandemic, right? With the coronavirus, it's a it's a uh, invisible enemy, but it's a it's a war against this virus, right? It's a viral war. You know, it, whether it be a housing bubble which creates an economic war, it's a war. And whenever there's a war, there are casualties, sometimes literal casualties, meaning people. And I mean, we, we hate to see that. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to think, you know, that's somebody's mom, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's sister. But those are the consequences of a war. And other times it's not people, it's businesses. You know, in an economic war, some of the casualties are businesses. And those businesses, you know, some get wounded and some get completely, you know, they disappear, right? They get completely obliterated. Um, so there will be that. But just know that like every other scenario, this too shall pass and we do bounce back. Um, and, and a big thing, you know, when it comes to that is, you know, being able to know like there's other people that know things um, that you don't know. There's other people that have had experiences that you haven't had. Are you a student? Are you a lifelong student? And that's a big thing for me. I've always, um, I've always kind of looked at myself as a student. You know, I talk about, a lot about being a future professional. That's the name of the students. That's the name that we have when we go to a Paul Mitchell school. You're called a future professional. I mean, I think it's such a cool title that I still call myself a future professional because what it indicates is that I'm still learning. I still have a lot to learn and I'm acknowledging that. I'm a future professional. I'm going into the future. I have a lot to learn and I'm acknowledging that. So I still have a lot of uh, like, you know, I carry that title and I have a lot of, you know, of uh, respect for that title and admiration for that title. And I'm not giving it up just because I graduated, you know, almost 15 years ago from, from beauty school. I could still be a future professional and you can too. I don't care if, what industry you're in. You don't have to be in the beauty industry. You don't have to be, you could be in any industry or no industry. But think about that. Be a future professional. Be a lifelong learner. And realizing that there's a lot of things that we don't know and you will never know until the day, you know, that you, you die, you could be that future professional and you could be that lifelong learner. So I've, I've made a commitment and I share this with the future professionals when I go into the schools. I'm like, you guys are enrolled right now. You may be on the clock right now, but I'm still on the clock too. I'm still a future professional because I know I've got a lot to learn. I do not know I've, a fraction of what I, I know right now is what all what I'll know. 
And so I'm gonna keep on learning and I'm gonna stay a future professional. And when I look around, I wanna find these mentors, I wanna find these coaches. And I thought, you know, about that and I, as I was preparing for today, on um, the chapter that we're gonna go through today, and YFY, your first year in the beauty industry, there's a chapter that I wrote because I really, that's, it's a passion of mine to, to seek out wisdom and knowledge and learn from others and be guided and to be a guide. You know, I call myself a coach, like I'm the head coach of my salon. I'm the head coach of my company. I'm the head coach of my team. You know, I've got a shirt I wear sometimes at our trainings. It says coach on it. And, and, and it gives the, the definition of what that person does, right? And there's a lot of terms out there, director, artistic director, uh, president, CEO, all these titles are great, but the one that I like uh, when it comes to what my job is, is being a coach. And there's also mentors. And so one of the chapters that I wrote in your first year in the beauty industry, uh, which is chapter number eight, is mentors versus coaches and why you need them both. Because I really feel like it's not just one that's gonna get you there. It's gonna be two, three, four, it's gonna be a combination. And I have coaches and I have mentors. And I, and I rely on them both. And some of those coaches, you know, they don't even know they're my coach. Right. Thank God for the Internet, because I can have, you know, somebody coaching me through their content, through their videos, through listening to their podcasts, through reading their books. And I've never even met them. And then some of my mentors, they passed away. They're long gone. I've never even met them. And I'm getting coached by them because of the technology. I can still listen to them. I can read up on them. I can learn from them. So coaches and mentors, you need them both. If you're gonna do anything great, and I want you to think about some people that do it the best. Like I want you to think about the, you know, the LeBron Jameses of the world, the Michael Jordans, you know, the, the Kobe Bryants, rest in peace, the, uh, the Tiger Woods, the Michael Phelps, um, all of those, those you know, prime time peak performing athletes. You know, even in entertainment, the Leonardo DiCaprio's, um, all of the, the guys, the Al Pacino's that have won the Oscars, um, Bradley Cooper, right? Um, the singers, you know, the Lady Gaga's of the world, the Beyonce's, the, all of these people that are what we would say, if we look at them, they're at the top of their game, like they're at the mountaintop. All of them have had at some point, currently have probably as well, um, coaches and mentors in their life and if you start studying them you'll learn like that's a big part of their success it's not like oh I just showed up and I became the greatest basketball player in the world no I showed up to the you know the little league I showed up to the junior league I showed up to the middle school team I showed up to the high school team and along the way every step of the way I had a coach in my corner I had somebody behind me and that could have been a father, that could have been a friend, that could have been their actual coach. You know, I think about a lot of my coaches, and as I'm reading through this chapter, I'm sure I'll probably, you know, like every day, every morning, I'll go off, off script and, and inject some other things, but coaches, right? You look at those great teams out there, you know, from, from the Giants, we won a couple Super Bowls, the Patriots won a ton, um, the Lakers with, you know, Shaq and Kobe when they were winning all those, those championships. And then you've got, you know, the Bulls who had their run, Phil Jackson, right? He was a common thread. He coached both teams. He coached all those guys, right? And so then you start learning like about coaches and how effective and important they are in the success of anyone. 
And so that's the chapter I want to get into today. It's uh, chapter number eight. You know, yesterday I got so many comments on the um, resume chapter, and I actually uh, got to go through some of that stuff with a couple of the Paul Mitchell schools up in Rhode Island, um, and then um, the day before we had Milwaukee, and then uh, St. George out in Utah. Got some good feedback, but the story time on the resumes that I did yesterday, go back, watch the replay. It's on my Facebook page, uh, Sunny D-E-E, which is my Facebook profile page. Go back and listen to that. I mean, people got fired up. I was getting messages all day, all night about that content when I said we're gonna destroy the resume. I'm still waiting to get tagged in some more pictures of people tearing up the resume, making a video of it. Um, so I'm excited to do that training. I'm gonna do a live um, step by step. I'm gonna build the resume of the future and we're gonna talk about the death of the resume as it exists. But I got a lot of good feedback. So if you haven't um, either, and you can listen to it too, because I'm recording all these on the YFYI podcast. If you go to yfyipodcast.com, all these story times um, from episode two, three, four, five, and six are episodes on there. I didn't get episode one. Um, it only exists in video form on the Facebook, um, but all the other ones are gonna be recorded so you can listen to them as well. Um, but that one was good and a lot of people were like, yeah, I wanna, you know, I wanna, I wanna be a part of that when you're building the, the resume. Um, and I'm gonna be announcing when I do that. It'll probably be a Zoom call at some point next week. So just be on the lookout when I do that class. I'll have that. Um, you'll be able to come on board. Um, I'll give you some needs that you'll have if you wanna follow along and build it with me, but I'm gonna build it on the spot you know, for you guys live. All right, so here we are. This is story time. I have a little sip of my uh, coffee here. Tastes good. So this is story time. Here we go. Chapter number eight from your first year in the beauty industry. And like all chapters, we start with a quote. <clears throat> Preparation is key. Life seemingly does not wish to waste success on the unprepared, unknown. Mentors versus coaches, why you need them both. A lot of us have mentors and some of us have coaches. Typically when you think about a coach, you think about when you were playing in a little league or cheerleading or you were doing some kind of organized activity when you were in school. As an adult, professional coaches are still critical to your success. What is the difference between mentors and coaches? Mentors are people that you can be inspired by or you can look up to. You may not have a personal relationship or ever meet them, but looking at what they have done and accomplished is something that you may model or aspire to be. A coach, on the other hand, is someone who will actually work with you and is going to coach you along the way to get you where you want to go. Coaches are going to tell you when you are doing right and they are also going to tell you when you need to take a lap. You need to have both. I have had many different coaches and I have had several mentors throughout my career. I do know I would not be where I am today without either of them. So in this chapter I'm going to share with you some of my mentors and how I view mentoring and coaching. When you are looking for a mentor they are easy, they are easy to find. They are all over the place. One of my favorites, for example, is Steve Jobs. 
The incredible thing about Steve Jobs is that he revolutionized and changed the thinking of an entire industry, which in effect changed the world. He was bold, he was a visionary, he was a thinker, and he had the nerve to tell everyone that was making cell phones to get rid of their buttons and think differently, and they all did it. He built an incredible business, and even though he was let go from the company that he started, when the company was desperate and almost on the brink of bankruptcy, they brought him back. He turned it around and turned it into the juggernaut that Apple is today. He is an incredible mentor. Martin Luther King is another incredible mentor of mine. His conviction and belief in his product, which was not even tangible, only something that existed in the minds of men and women. It was a dream, but his conviction and his dedication is one of the reasons why he is one of my mentors. Having a vision and having belief are going to be key ingredients when you are looking for mentors. And I'm going to jump in here for a second. And you think about those first two, right? Um, they're both, you know, long, long gone, but there's information out there. You can find books. I know somewhere back here in my library, I have, um, not sure I don't see it. I could grab it if I did, but um, I don't see it off, off the top here, but I have uh, the Steve Jobs book, amazing. Um, the story, just incredible, like that guy, right? He's, he gets fired from Apple, right? The board, they basically kick him out because he gave up too much control of his company, gets fired from the company, and he's out there starting his own thing, doing another thing, building another thing. And then the companies, they lose their way. They almost go out of business. Think about it. We wouldn't be, I know we might be, but I'm using um, iPhones. I've got one iPhone over here. I've got one over there for Facebook. I've got one over there for Instagram, you know, Apple products. Um, incredible pieces of equipment, but just the, the grit, the grind, and the vision to be able to see things before other people could ever see it, to be able to see around corners. Um, incredible, incredible story. Definitely check it out. And then Martin Luther King, think about it. I have a dream, right? That was his product, one of the greatest salesmen in the world. You know, bringing people along and inspiring people and moving people to get behind this movement, to believe in this product that was literally a dream, right? And to see what's happened from there to now, um, just an incredible amount of conviction, things that I really admire about him. So that's a couple of mentors. Um, back to the story. Next up, the creator of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. At 30 years old, he had an incredible, has an incredible vision, an incredible focus to be able to have accomplished what he has done so far. As of this writing, Facebook has made Mark Zuckerberg worth over $30 billion and he has become one of the youngest billionaires in the history of mankind. One of his famous quotes that inspires me every time I read it is this one. I'm here to build something for the long term. Anything else is a distraction. To have that kind of focus at such a young age when he started and still have it today is very inspiring to me. Are you looking at building your business? You need to be able to harness and focus and stick with it. You must not get distracted. 
Your first year especially is going to be critical to your success and to focus is mandatory. You know, and I'm going to jump back in here for a second. I'm actually reading another book on that just came out on the story of Facebook. And so as I was writing this, you know, he was 30s, like going into his mid 30s now. Um, but, you know, think about that, like starting that and, you know, he's in Harvard as a young man, uh, drops out, you know, goes there and literally like, you know, this idea is just he just becomes totally obsessed with it. I'm totally locked in on it totally focused on it where really nothing could get in the way and that determination and one of the mottos at facebook i had the opportunity to go to the facebook headquarters in menlo park in california and spend an entire day there and go through a training for business and marketing and it, it was just an amazing experience but I got to see like all these different like kind of quotes and these culture posters that they have around their um, buildings and one of them is move fast and break things you know so it was just like let's go let's get this done and then let's get it done and then we'll kind of iterate and adjust and make it better on the fly but just having that just determination and that drive that you know he possessed and that kind of reverberated throughout the entire company it's just it's amazing to me all right, back to the story. Uh, next is John Paul DeJoria and Paul Mitchell, the co-founders of John Paul Mitchell Systems. The two of them, starting with just a vision and $700, have built John Paul Mitchell Systems into what it is today. With over, now as of today, 40 years of success to think of their beginnings where they are now is very inspiring. In the face of homelessness and, re and a rejection from the majority of the first people that they approached, they kept on working and they never gave up. Even though Paul Mitchell passed away over 20 years ago, John Paul continues to be not only a mentor of mine, but someone that I've had the pleasure to meet and speak with on several occasions. He is someone I truly admire as a leader, as a visionary, and as an entrepreneur. Now, we're celebrating 40 years, you know, and think about that 40 years. I mean, for a company to be around that long, I mean, that's iconic. And him to be still involved in the company and he's got like, you know, he's got like his daughter who's now become a chairman and he's got other, you know, leaders that are emerging and to operational roles in the company, but he's still connected, still has his finger on it. You know, it's just incredible. And he is an incredible person and not only the company of of Paul Mitchell hair care products but just the vehicle that it's become and the force of good and what it's been able to do with planting trees all over the world with tea tree to helping with you know children and baby and and hungers and all these different you know philanthropic things that we get to be a part of you know through shampoo right through selling bottles of shampoo is just un unbelievable um, so definitely a huge huge mentor of mine uh, another mentor, back to the story, another mentor and coach is Robert Cromines. Um, this one is personal for me because of Robert's impact on me. Just over 10 years ago, and now this would be 15 years ago, um, the course of my life changed forever and it was because of him. He is not only a mentor as a business owner, leader, and a visionary, but he is also a coach. I have been able to learn from him personally on different ways to grow my business and advance my career. In just a few minutes, if you spend time with him, you will know exactly what I mean. 
His view of the beauty industry and the way that he looks at business is unique and unparalleled to anyone else. Now, what about coaches? And so a lot of you guys know I, I shared um, my story, I think on the first um, episode, but you know, I was a bartender in North Carolina, um, just, just got out of prison and you know, was working in, behind this bar and uh, was at this restaurant a couple of years when the Paul Mitchell uh, circus came to town and they came in the, the bar and recruited me as a hair model. And that's how I met Robert. And from just meeting him over that weekend, and just being so inspired by him sharing his story of coming to America with nothing and seeing what he had built in salons and you know he's charged he was charging like 300 bucks a haircut and he's getting to travel everywhere and just kind of be his own thing I was just like man this is incredible I literally from talking to him and on his recommendation of he's like go to hair school and he tells me about a school in Florida called Paul Mitchell that's how I ended up going to moving to Florida um, sight on scene right and I had no inkling about you know cosmetology or being with Paul Mitchell or going to Florida um, but just getting so inspired he tells me to go to Florida and I do I quit my job three months later I'm moving to Florida um, and as they say the rest is history um, but it's been awesome over the years to get not only to still learn from him, but to get to work on stage with him and to, to get to you know be in contact with him. But that was a huge impact. Um, but when you think about the coach part of it, you know, being able to have that coach um, and a mentor in one is is awesome. But that coach part of it, where you can really you can talk to someone and say, hey, this is the issues I'm having, um, and they can give you, you know, okay, try this, try that. They can coach you, or if they see something that's not working, you can you know lean in on that and you can get some feedback. So that's where the coaching part comes in. So now we're going to get into some coaches. Back to the story. All right, so. One of my favorite coaches of all time is Phil Jackson. When it comes to coaching, I do not think there's any other one that can match what he has been able to accomplish. Not only 11 rings, 11 championship rings in the NBA, but also the players that he has been able to develop. He had the privilege of coaching the best basketball player arguably on the planet, Michael Jordan. He also had the challenge of assembling players into a championship team with different characters. One of those characters was Dennis Rodman, who proved his time, who proved in his time during the NBA to be one of the most uncoachable players. Phil Jackson was able to harness Dennis Rodman's talent and turn that energy and that wild charisma into a championship player. The amazing thing is that Phil Jackson did this not only once, but he did it again, and this time it was coaching the Los Angeles Lakers. He had a young Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, and through his coaching ability, leadership skills, and influence, he was able to pull together those two dynamic players and turn them into championship players. And one of them, I'm gonna jump back in here, because um, I saw it when I was looking back, one of the, if you guys want a recommendation, um, one of the books that I read that I kind of, uh, where I pulled a lot of that from was this book right here. It's, uh, it's Phil Jackson's book. It's 11 Rings, The Soul of Success. And it kind of goes through, you know, all of those different players and the challenges that he had trying to get them to row in the same direction and, you know, with Dennis Rodman and Michael and I mean, where they butted heads. It's, it's a pretty cool story. It shares a lot of that stuff. So. Uh, check it out if you get a chance. All right, back to the story. 
So as you're looking at the beauty industry, you're going to need a nice combination of not only mentors, but also coaches. One of the things that I recommend is that you begin the process of tracking down your mentors, make it a habit, make it a practice, and learn as much as you can about them. Through this, you will be learning an important process of developing yourself as a professional, of developing yourself as a professional called modeling. Modeling your mentors is something I would highly recommend. Keeping a list, doing the research, and looking for any opportunity that you would ever have to meet your mentors. One of the things I've practiced over the years is having a board of advisors. My board of advisors consists of all the people that I just mentioned to you and a few more. Now, those advisors do not even know that they are on my board. But as I go through my career or I have decisions I have to make, I use my board of advisors. I use them as a sounding board. Having read their biographies, any books, any materials, and studied them over the years, I try to think of any challenge or problems that I have and present it to them and see how they would handle it. This may sound a little bit crazy, but this is one of the secrets of the successful. You're also going to want to look at different mentors for different areas of your life. You may have different mentors when it comes to business and finance versus professional. You will have different mentors when it comes to personal versus physical. You can have as many mentors as you want. The important thing is that you have mentors. Now I'm going to jump in here for a second and just kind of expand on that board of advisors, right? So right, some of those people are alive, some aren't, some I have met, some I've never met. But that board of advisors, it's like a virtual board. You know, so I imagine if I'm you know, dealing with a situation or I've got a problem or like right now, right, the corona economy, it's kind of like that um, back in the day, they, that ac little, uh, I don't know if it's an acronym or it's the, the, the WWJD, what would Jesus do, right? So it's like I put that in play. So if I've got a situation going on, if I'm working with a team member and I'm just not able to get through to them or their performance isn't where it needs to be, I've got a situation with my business or I've got a situation family thing going on, personal thing, physical thing, I can bring that to that table and I think about those people that I've learned from and I'm like, well, what would they do in this situation? You know, like uh, Jeff Bezos, he's on my board right now, the founder of Amazon, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, I've got a lot of different founders and business people on there. Um, Tony Robbins is on my board. There's a guy named uh, David Goggins, uh, he's a Navy SEAL and just an incredible story. Um, he's on my board. I've got so many people on my board and I can go with these with this board and I can kind of throw that out there and be like, you know, what would how would they handle this? How would they, you know, tackle the situation and maybe get some insight that helps me make a decision and helps me make a better decision than the one I may have made just on my own. So having that virtual board of advisors and assembling that board, learning as much as you can about the people on your board and so you kind of get inside their head a little bit cuz they share it. Right? They put their movies, they put their videos, they put their books, they put their podcasts, they put all their stuff out there and then you can learn from them. And then when you have a situation or you have a challenge, you can go to your board and say, hey, what would, you know, what would so-and-so do in this situation? How might they look at this a little bit differently? Is there an angle that they may have taken that I'm not really seeing? And then you can make, it's an informed decision. Even though you didn't physically sit with them, if you're able to, that's awesome. But if you're not able to, you can still make that decision based on that information that you've studied up on. 
So think about that, creating your board of advisors. All right, so back to the story. <clears throat> when it comes to a coach, having one is going to be critical on your road to success. When you arrive at the salon that you are looking to work at, you wanna know what kind of coaching opportunities are going to exist. How often are you going to be able to meet with and get coaching and feedback from your coach? Whoever you are reporting to, whether it be the salon owner or the salon manager, in order to become a professional and become an all-star player, you are going to need coaching. As your career progresses, look at seeking outside coaching. One of my coaches I talk to twice a month just over the phone, and they help hold me accountable and guide me through my goals, my plans, and my activities. Having a coach helps keep me on track. It helps keep me focused, keeps my head in the game, and helps keep my eyes on the target. So you ultimately need to have both. You wanna have coaches and you wanna have mentors. This is one thing that I know as, I'm, as I was making my way into the beauty industry that I would have been lost without. Being able to have mentors to look up to, books and audio programs about their mistakes, their discoveries, and their path along the way has helped me tremendously through the years, and I know it will do the same for you. I highly advise you start building your board of advisors today. All right. So that, my friends, is chapter number eight on mentors and coaches, um, some of the differences between them, and why you need to have them both. So hopefully you've started thinking already, maybe you started making a list, who would be, and that's what I'd like to know, like who would be on your uh, list and on your board of advisors? Who would be, if you had to pick out some coaches, you know, and, and think about it in those different areas. You know, when it comes to your physical self, you know, somebody that you watch work out and you know, you're like, man, they're just amazing. They've got the body that I want. They got the conditioning that I want. They got the diet that I want. Maybe they're your coach for that. And then maybe you see another one that they're just in a financial position and you know, maybe they see another one that's got the perfect marriage or whatever it, that idea. So you can have coaches for specific areas. You can have all over coaches, but mentors, coaches, mentors you may or may not ever meet. You may not be able to if they've already passed on. Coaches you may meet, you may not ever meet, but all of them can sit on your board of advisors. So that's my challenge for you guys for today, um, for this story time, is to build out your board of advisors, to build out, you know, put those names down, right? You know, you know Oprah, whoever, whoever's on your, on your board, and maybe you don't know that much about them now, and then the second step, your second homework assignment is gonna be making your board, listing your board, and then you gotta go do the research. You're gonna scrape every corner of the internet. You got plenty of time, so there's no excuse not to do it. And find out as much as you can, learn about them. You know, take notes on them. If they have a book, you know, find the book. If they have a podcast, find the podcast. If they have a YouTube channel, find the YouTube channel. Find out as much as you can. Go to their website. Find out as much as you can about that mentor and or that coach as you're putting those people on your board. And sometimes my board rotates, right? I might have 10 or 12 advisors on my board, on my advisory board, and then maybe next year, 
I discover somebody new. Like uh, the Iron Cowboy I talked about the other day when it comes to stamina and grit and toughness, he's on my board now. I just discovered him last year, so he's on my board. Um, but that board of advisors, that virtual board that you can use and you can bounce ideas off of, um, even though they don't know they're on your board, you know. You know, so it's kind of like you're you're stalking them. You're learning everything you can about them, so you can have it can have influence. I'm telling you, the activity of just learning about those people that you select to be on your board. You know, think about my board right now with Steve Jobs. You know, Martin Luther King, Tony Robbins, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, um, James the Iron Cowboy, David Goggins, Robert Cromines, Jim Rohn. I mean, I've got all of these amazing talents. Phil Jackson on my board and I can find out as much information about them and access them especially if they're still alive and they're producing content and I can access them I mean through YouTube videos all that stuff and I can be influenced and impacted and informed on on them and so when I'm faced with my big challenges whatever comes my way coronavirus whatever I can then say hmm how would how would Jeff handle this how would Phil handle that how would Robert handle this? What would what would Martin say, right? How would Steve approach this? So mentors and coaches, guys, that chapter it's a, it's another it's another banger. Hopefully you guys had some fun uh, listening to that. You're going to get into it picking out your mentors and coaches and leaning on them. You know, leaning on them and using them so you can so you can when you're faced with your big challenge, you can go to them and say, "Hey, you know, Virtually, like I've I've sat and literally had conversations with some of my coaches that I've only read up on and maybe seen some video on. And like I said, if they're not alive, I'm obviously not going to meet them. I'm not on this side of the the earth, but I've been able to think about that and be like, yeah, how would you know in this situation that I'm going through, how would so and so handle that? You know, because they're on my board of advisors. So hopefully, you guys got some good takeaways out of that. I'm excited. If you decide you want to share your list of advisors with me, um, DM them to me. You can hit me on Instagram or message me on Facebook. Let me know who's on your board of advisors. Um, I'd love to know. And I'm looking forward to the next story time. Be on the lookout so you'll know when we're going again live in the morning for story time. So hopefully you guys had some fun today and enjoyed that chapter as you're heading into your weekend. Um, Have a safe weekend. Stay safe. Um, stay positive, stay healthy, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next story time with Sunny D. So I'm going to be signing off for now. Hey guys, Sunny D here again. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that episode of Story Time as much as I enjoyed making it. And hopefully, your brain is thinking now who's going to be on my board of advisors? Who are some of the coaches that I have? Who's a dream coach that I wish I could have met that you can put on your board of advisors? Remember, these people don't have to be living. They don't have to be near you. They don't have to even know you. Just make sure you do the research. You learn as much as you can. And next time you're faced with a difficult decision, you can lean on them. So hopefully you'll go out there and create your board of advisors. And I had a lot of fun doing this episode, so hope you guys got a lot from it. Um, definitely check out yourfirstyearin.com. If you want to learn more about the books, you want to grab a copy of a book, you can do that there. 
I've still got some free iHeartYFY t-shirts on my website. Just look for the YFYI swag tab on the website and you'll be able to pop in the promo code STORYTIMEM for the men's shirt or STORYTIMEW for the women's shirt. The shirt's gonna be free to you. You'll just pick up shipping, which is like five bucks, and I'll send it out. Um, so that's what I got for today, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. And remember, this is a place where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.